0: Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wiesenauer. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ben Viesenault, and today we're talking all about wellness programs for small businesses. Now, if you're like me, when you first hear that term or that phrase, you're like, "Mm, that's going to be expensive. It's not going to work for my business. That's only for big businesses. And to some extent, you're right. That's exactly how I used to feel. And to some extent, that's true. However, after I interviewed today's guest, My mind has been changed, all right? I am a true believer. On today's show, we have Om Sitar. Om is the sole founder of an organization called Squirrel. He has a design background in building physical and digital experiences that touch millions of lives, and he has over 10 published patents. He's on a mission to help physical, financial, and emotional well-being be within reach for everyone. And again, as I said, once you listen to this episode, I think you might be a convert as well. He's got a very interesting product that's really shaking up the wellness program industry, and he's bringing it to the masses, and it's really on point for small business owners. And with that, let's listen in on the interview.
1: Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ben Vizenault, and today we have the pleasure of discussing wellness programs with Mr. Om Sutar. Om, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Excellent. And for those of our listeners who don't know who you are and what it is that you do, please tell me a little bit about What it is that you do and who you serve?
2: Yeah. Um, So I'm the founder and creator of Squirrel. I'm a designer by trade and background. And after spending years tackling financial wellness, I really found that physical, emotional, financial wellness are intrinsically tied together. So I decided to build Squirrel to potentially see if there's an opportunity for me to uh, help people with this. And what I found was that wellness programs today are created by uh, health insurance companies to help them figure out the cost of uh, providing health care and they're they're basically using it to offset those costs and increases in care onto employers and employees. Um, I grew up in the Midwest and my parents had a small business so this was very kind of struck near and dear to uh, my own experience, and I decided that uh, there really ought to be a way for uh, employers and employees to reconnect. And, uh, you know, uh, most wellness programs are built for enterprise and at that scale and without the lack of data of understanding exactly what's happening and what's working and what's not with the wellness programs, there's a lot of opacity and a lot of money being spent on good intentions, but without any clear uh, ROI or data to understand how to really invest in people. And so really, Squirrel is my answer to that uh, market gap and this opportunity I see to really transform the way we uh, 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 address holistic well-being at the workplace, um, but at at the same time in a clear and measurable way so uh, employers can understand how to engage with their workforce and also, how to uh, where their money is going and what the impact is uh, really providing.
1: And that's that's a lot to talk about. We gotta <laughs> we gotta <laughs> dig into some stuff here. Uh, so I come from a small business background, as as you know, uh, if you listen to the show, I, I grew up in small business. Both my parents' parents, excuse me, owned businesses, and I've owned several mm-hmm. my, myself. And uh, I see a, a big need for some of the things that you talked about. And so let's let's dig into that. So before we get too deep into to these programs and what they address and 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 how to create them, why are and you kind of hit touch on it just a little bit obviously in your intro, but why are wellness programs important to small business owners?
2: Sure. Um, you know, uh, I always I get this question about uh whenever I talk about this like why why would I want to invest in this program? Um chances are you're probably already doing it whether it's a gym membership or uh, some kind of form of perk, right, um, these perks are becoming really common, whether it's uh, commuter benefits or student loan repayment, uh, whatever is really important to your workforce and really uh, uh, something that that affects them. Um, so I think wellness, first of all, can mean a lot of different things for A lot of different folks, and we've got five different generations in the workforce. Um, so I guess, I guess the, to, to answer your question most clearly is, um, the most successful work cultures and environments that you can create are ones where the employer can show the employees in their workforce that they really care about them, not just as, uh, resources, but as people. And the right wellness program, uh, can help you uh do that
1: great response i uh i've obviously i'm sure like you, you've worked for a lot of large organizations you've worked for small organizations and a lot of these wellness programs and i'm sure you see it in what you do they they really are just more about trying to feel good about what we're doing but they're not really making an impact in in the uh employees lives and the company's well-being overall it's more like let's just do it because everybody else is doing it are you seeing a lot of that in what you do
2: Absolutely. I, and, you know, I've spoken to, uh, even leaders of uh, health insurance companies that say, hey, this is just a marketing opportunity for us. We'll give away those Apple Watches for free if we, it means we get public health records about your, uh, your data and we can, uh, augment our risk analysis of, you know, how much, uh, uh, providing healthcare costs us and where we can m- see those revenue gains. So, um, it's really being misused in a way that most people don't maybe understand or are or, or just are unaware.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of scary. I think uh, if we knew, and, and we talk about this a lot when we talk about our smartphones, all the rights that we give away, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we, uh, we didn't want to get in cars with strangers. We didn't want to meet people on the Internet. And now we use the Internet to call a car to pick us up by a stranger. You know, um, sure. The data, the data is the data is out there. And as you said, the uh, it's not always used for the purposes that we think it is. So so but, but let's let's not go down the dark path. Obviously, let's talk about so wellness programs. There's more than just I think when we think wellness, we think health. But there's a lot of other type of wellness programs. Can you talk just a little bit about some of the other types of programs that you see and that you you do in the type of work that you engage in?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the App Store, right? Um, it's very targeted. It's mostly addressing um, chronic issues because really healthcare isn't very proactive in its current form in, in the way we have it in our, our country. Um, it's more um, uh, chronic uh, disease treatment focused. And a lot of these wellness programs are just that. So that's why I, I call our program workforce well-being rather than wellness and the critical difference is We're investing in proactive care rather than preventative because you know the um, CDC measured in 2017 that 550 million dollars uh, Sorry billion dollars could be saved every year in our um, In our health in healthcare spends that goes towards treating chronic cardiovascular diseases if every person if every American walk 10,000 steps a day
1: Awesome. What else, uh, I know that there's some financial components. Sometimes people have wellness programs. I know I've been involved in some where they give you some counseling and some things. So it's more than just health. I mean, is that, is that predominantly what you, you engage in is health or do you do other services as well? So we do,
2: we're in the habit, uh, formation, um, uh, business. So, and what I, what I mean by that is whether you're trying to save money, whether you're trying to lose weight or become more active or you're trying to reduce your stress, um, the core mechanics of habit formation are the same. And one of our tenants is uh, a bias towards action. So, by that, what I mean is traditional wellness programs have, you know, seminars, high touch point things, and they really require a huge investment of your time from your already stressful job uh, to take a <laughs> sleep and learn things uh, that you may already know. And learning isn't certainly knowing, right? Uh, just because you give me instructions on how to swim, doesn't mean that I can automatically jump in the water and start swimming. Um, So what we do is uh, we tap into the things that you're already doing. Naturally, the steps that you're walking every day. And in a non-judgment way, we tie those steps to a savings habit. So now imagine setting aside a dollar for every thousand steps you take. And you start and end each day uh, with a micro journal of, of the thing that you're grateful for in the morning and the thing you accomplished at the end of the day. So you really start building this holistic uh, well-being uh, physically, emotionally, financially. And you start every uh, subsequent morning with a recap of how you did. Uh, because one of my f- most like frustrating experiences was I got this really great Apple Watch, but it gives me the same message every morning. It's just like, make it happen today. It's completely agnostic of what I did uh, what, or what I could be doing. And it's a templatized approach. So we, we've taken a lot more care in, in building something that is judgment-free, that everyone can do. It's not just for type A's. And it never judges you for how much or how little uh, you're getting done.
1: The uh, the old evil, uh, what do they call it, robot on your arm. I have a, I have a different kind <laughs> of watch. But, it, yeah, it's the same thing. It so, you know, go you know, seize the day and go be awesome or uh, you know, some generic stuff. I love journaling. I, uh, as a side note, I do some journaling as well. Uh, I'm not, if you listen to the episode way back when with Simon Drew, uh, who's a mindset coach, we talked about journaling and we, you know, I had to confess that I don't do it as much as I should uh, or as often as I should. But th- th- there's a huge power in that of, you know, finishing the day with what went right, starting the day with, you know, maybe some changes that you can make, or, you know, like you said, habits are the, are the key to changing any behavior and obviously to being successful in any program. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an, that's an interesting concept and component. I've never heard of that in a, in a well-being or a wellness program. Uh, so you guys are very, very different. You guys are kind of changing, breaking the mold of what you're doing, huh? Absolutely. Uh, it's our unique
2: value proposition and also our challenge in, uh, storytelling and, uh, 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 building this narrative for this paradigm shift?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, we, I already talked about, you know, I've, been, I've worked for small companies, so, some medium small businesses that you know, started started wellness programs and obviously very large uh, organizations. And the uh, the programs are just, you know, I hate to say it, they're just kind of a joke. They're just there for the <laughs> sake of, like you said, we're, we're doing it because we said we did it. And I could tell you some horror stories about people who went in and did the fitness exams and End up losing their jobs because of health issues and it's just, it's just, it's so, uh, so it's, they're not, they're not doing what, what you, as an employee, believe they're, they're set up to do. Like you said, they're kind of stacked against you. So that's a very different change, uh, in the way you guys approach that. So that's awesome. So tell me, um, a little bit. You talk about measuring the ROI sort of in the intro. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. How do how are you guys, uh, setting up for success? You kind of talked about that, but how are you measuring the, the, you know, what are those, uh, mile markers and, and things like that, that that show you your heading or your organization is doing the right thing with this program and going the right direction.
2: Right. So, um, you know, one of the KPIs that we built, you know, just the app itself for, uh, was, hey, within 90 days, I want the average user to be able to actualize, uh, moving 2,000 steps more than they originally did. So if you started at five, uh, at 3,000 steps a day and you move to five, that's actually an 8% re- reduction in risk of, uh, chronic cardiovascular diseases, uh, considering if your diet and everything is healthy and has remained the same. Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is um, over 60% of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings. Um, by walking as little as 3,000 steps a day, you could actually save for yourself um, $1,000 within a year using Squirrel. And we never peer into how much money you uh, you have in your savings account or your balances, we just passed an encrypted key. And, and what we really care about is how much money you saved with Squirrel. So, uh, it's bringing your own financial institutions. Uh, you're moving the funds within your own financial ecosystem. And we never take an interest or a cut of the money that you're saving, um, because we know that it's all hard earned, um, and, uh, and, and that's not part of our value prop.
1: And so they, I mean, they get. I mean, obviously, I have a background in psychology, so the, I know a little bit about behavior building and habit building, and that's interesting. That's a really cool way, actually. I, I mean, I'm trying not to, I'm not, I'm trying not to sound too excited here, touching <laughs> up in interview. But that's awesome that you guys tie the reward immediate. I mean, not just from the company standpoint of hey, we get healthier employees, healthier, happier employees, you know, perform better. There's tons of research on that. But you give the actual employee, like at the end of the day. I need to move ten I just I just earned ten bucks just for just for being awesome. Right? Yeah, there's there's an immediate yeah. reward.
2: Exactly. And and I think, you know, it's the gap with um we noticed this was a gap with existing products out there like Acorns, where, you know, their average balance, uh I was surprised to learn the average balance of their users was hundred and seventy six dollars. So what it was really telling me is people love the simplicity of the app and it's it's working, but they're also bailing out funds in the case of an emergency. And if you look at their reviews, people don't understand ACH money movement. So they don't like it when their money is not accessible immediately when they need it. Uh, and this is why we keep the funds within your own financial institutions. And how we made this better is our a workforce wellness program that we've opened our waitlist for, we've been piloting with three companies. They can create, the company now can uh, create a, a match, sort of a match program By saying, hey, I will add on a dollar for every time you hit 10,000 steps in a day. You can customize the milestone and the payout amount to fit the company's values and budget. And all of a sudden, now that's over the course of the year, that's like 400 extra dollars um, that an employee could maybe unlock from the employer. But the employer gets so much more out of it because they're building financial resilience for themselves. Um, They're getting more uh, physically more active. So this could potentially um, reduce the risk of insurance claims for your uh, company. It could uh, increase productivity, uh, reduce the number of sick days. It builds financial resilience. So you know, when you have $400 uh, emergency spend, let's say, um, come up and you don't have to use your credit card, you've saved away that money. Probably more likely to be happier with your current level of pay. Um, we're trying to build these uh, data models uh, on an aggregate level to understand uh, understand what are those specific price points, those dollar values where something gets, uh, you know, where where you unlock that aha, or there's a critical value being added for the organization and the individual, and then financially seeing um, a mode level data of what the what are the moods that are happening because with our micro journaling feature. We have about 10 different emojis that you can pick, and you can see energy, and you report, uh, self-report energy being gained or energy being drained. And so you can see uh, kind of a live map of how that's happening uh, in an honest um, but in an aggregate and anonymous level for the organization. So nobody can ever be singled out uh, for their performance or lack thereof with this program, but an organization does get to learn and know uh, how to strategically better invest in its people.
1: Okay, so 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 it's an app, right? It's called Squirrel. That's I mean that's mm-hmm. a, that's an app. And so, do you have to? Uh, can anyone do this, or do I do? Do I have to belong to an organization that is part of your program?
2: Nope, this is a. It's a grassroots movement, so the app is free to download, free to try it, agnostic of any organization. Our, our dream is that enough people will have it, and they'll actually go to their employer and say, hey, I have this great app, um, and they have a workforce program. I think you should sign up for it because it's really cool, uh, and it drives more incentives uh, for us to build healthy habits.
1: Excellent. Good response, sir. Um, so what type of <laughs> organizations well because i you know i'll be honest with you i wasn't quite sure where you when you were talking about the company i I, and you really got into it it, i i know a little bit more now than i did 10 minutes ago you know it's uh i didn't realize that it was it was robust and so simple you know what i mean i I was thinking Mm -hmm. i was still thinking old school you know man you got to get a a ledger out and you know we got to move the one and now we owe little johnny a dollar on his paycheck this is just so simplistic and like you said everyone's got a smartphone. Uh, yeah. They're entrenched. They're entrenched in our lives. That I can't see any reason why. Uh, you know, someone wouldn't want to do it. And then I think I like the the the, the flip side of it is they get the, the raw data, but they can't penalize them. You know, those that are not participating or doing the things they think they should be doing. And then, so there's, there's some anonymity to it. I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah.
2: I mean, the beauty of it is, you know, I understand small businesses from what we've learned um, your HR organization maybe just one or two people they're slammed they don't care about another dashboard that's not kind of like where they want to spend their time um, so all the information that we show on our dashboard is in clear and plain sight we automate all of the um, the heavy lifting of you know getting people onboarded um, having monthly or weekly challenges keeping the app fresh and it actually gets better over time because in year two, we have a whole year's worth of data as a snapshot, and we can provide you insights and actionable insights to say, hey, February's your your lowest activity month. Uh, if you plan a 5K or an outdoor activity, you should do it then. Uh, and then even have some uh, key um, insights that we would offer specifically to leadership to drive that organizational change, like having walking meetings, um, maybe having some lunch and learns, uh, or lunch, uh, physical activities, or improving the kind of diet that that of snacks that are offered in the office. So things like that, where we can pinpoint and uh, drive even more value over time, rather than just repeating and r- rinsing the same thing uh, in year two.
1: Well, and that's what I, that's kind of where I was. That's uh, a great transition because that was my next question. Is so, what does this look like? If someone decides, hey, I want to do business with Ohm, I want to do business with Squirrel, I want to bring them in. What is what does that process sort of look like? Uh, obviously, there's the squirrel app, and there's the, the benefit of, of the financial and, and the and the health benefits. What else do you come and do seminars? What is that? What does it look like to work with you?
2: So, um, I mean, we're very low touch point um, from our process perspective. Where where we're different is instead of taking days or weeks to launch a program, you can basically go into you'll be able to go into our workforce uh, program, um, create an account launch a pilot with uh and send the app for free uh the paid version to a few uh like up to 10 employees uh to try it out we'll capture the feedback and uh share that with you uh and then when you're ready you can actually uh customize your uh incentives uh the payouts and the milestones um, you can verify your business and then and then link your business um checking account that will be used for billing as well as for the payout at the end of each month. And, and then you get access to this dashboard of data, uh, to help you really understand, uh, you know, how to get to know and grow the well-being of your workforce. Um, we, we're not gonna be something that is a high touch point thing where we come in and do seminars and things like that. Uh, again, our, our, one of our tenants is a bias towards action. So, any new features or things that we grow into will really be, uh, uh, focused either on, on that tenant or in helping us capture a larger gamut of definitions of what wellness m- means to people. So like getting access to, uh, health and wellness professionals that typically don't have an audience or have a way to capture, um, uh, people or, you know, uh, for their services on demand.
1: Okay. Uh, What type of organizations, uh, if I've already asked you this, I apologize, what type of organization, I'm taking notes, and this is a lot of great stuff. I'm really excited, Uh, and I really do mean that. This is a very interesting approach, and I know I already said it, but I'll probably say it five more times. This is just a very unique and interesting approach to how small businesses can really get involved in the the Mm well-being of employees, and and I just, I don't see it enough, and we don't see it enough. I don't know that, we we may may never see it enough, but I think you're uh, you're blazing a trail down that direction. So what type of organizations benefit from, like, from, is there a size cap or, you know, is there restrictions, do you think, or, or what, what, what do you, where do you see most businesses, what type of organizations, like I guess you should say, benefit from a program such as this?
2: Sure. I think our sweet spot tends to be 50 to 200 employees. Uh, specifically, if it's a high-skilled labor job, like a, a, a restaurant industry, construction, um, manufacturing, um, you know, warehouse, things like that. Any, any type of blue collar. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are environments where people are on their feet and very active, but they're not used to giving themselves the credit <laughs> for, for being active because that's not how they're, they're, you know, they're basically society doesn't capture them that way. And a lot of these existing enterprise-focused um, uh, wellness programs have heavy confirmation bias towards type A people uh, and the very poor enrollment very poor engagement over time and they just revolve um, you know through very complex system of health insurance brokers and things like that so I mean health insurance brokers really just care about their $1 per user per month kickback uh, what we're doing is we're actually disrupting them going and this is straight to employer uh, purchasing process so it's disrupting their revenue stream, but it brings more value to employers
1: and employees. I agree with that, my friend. Ohm, uh, before we go, what else would you like our listeners to know about you or the, or, or Squirrel or any of the other processes that you, you guys are involved in?
2: Um, you know, there's a lot of money that you're probably leaving on the table with these programs where, uh, depending on which state you're in, um, up to 40% of what you spend on a wellness program uh, is, uh, uh, is uh, uh, it can have a tax deduction. So we, we're working on helping you with that uh, at the end of the year as well. So, you know, $17,000 or $18,000 annually spent on a program like that isn't your true cost. And... Uh, we we get it. Like we get that, you know, you want to provide um unique uh benefits that are valuable, that are innovative, but also meet your budget and price point and you don't want to be liable for like automating a whole wellness program. Uh and that's really what we're in the business of helping you take care of. And I, I really hope that this becomes something or a metric that um organizations use to uh measure how healthy their work culture is, how healthy their uh, environment is, and how h- healthy their people are.
1: Well, usually when you attach money to something, uh, like you that immediate reward, I think participation level goes immediately up. Uh, yep. I would probably guess that your data would support that. That's um, very interesting. And, and you touched on there's some tax benefits involved. Wellness programs, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of them out there. And it's a lot of waste involved in that program, like you said, uh, huge expense and not a whole lot of bang. I think this is, I think, easily trackable, easily ROI'd. Um, I just, I, I just, I don't see why anyone wouldn't want to reach out to you and learn more about that. And that leads me to my, to my final question, sir. If people want to reach out to you, learn, learn a little bit more about what you do. And of course, about squirrel, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, um, you can visit our website, sqrl.me. I I joke that we're a startup, so we couldn't afford any vowels. Um, (laughs) And and, and you can find our workforce program from there. And then you can find uh, us on uh, social media handles using the at squirrelme handle.
1: Awesome. I'll make sure I put all those uh, in the show notes for those listeners that want to reach out to you and if they're driving. Uh, just just go to the uh, show notes at visaconsulting. forward slash podcast. You can get all the, the show notes there, and I'll make sure I put that in there so they can reach out to you. And ohm. thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun.
1: Oh, well, we'll have to have you back for sure. We we covered a lot, and we have a lot more to cover. I'm sure. Uh, I don't think we I don't think we even scratched the surface, right? <laughs> no, we didn't. And I'd be happy to come back and share more about what, what I learned down the road. We'll definitely have you back, my friend. And to all our listeners, I hope that you learned at least one thing today that will help take you to the next level.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at visanoconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Visanaugh, V is in Victory. E-Z-I-N-A consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanoconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanoconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanoconsulting, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Show.